0: Hey guys, we are live. This is Jennifer Seymour with The Shooter's Mindset. We are live with episode 347 of The Shooter's Mindset. We have our co-host here tonight, Greg Cannon. How's it going? Hi, everyone. And our guest of the hour is Gary Larson from Guardian Long Range. How are you doing?
1: Hey, good evening, good morning, good afternoon, everybody.
0: That's right. Somebody might be watching this from across the world. You never know. I do have friends in Australia, so maybe.
1: Yeah, they're watching it upside down.
2: I'm about to say, and they're all locked inside right now.
0: I know, it's, yeah, it's really bad over there. It's really bad. Well, for those that are unfamiliar with you, Gary, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into long range shooting.
1: Yeah, thanks. Uh, And thank you guys for having me on. It's just an honor to be a part of things like this. So my name is Gary Larson. I'm the president and founder of the Guardian Long Range Competition. It's a charity long-range precision shooting um, competitions that we host all over the country. And we give all of the proceeds from all of our matches to organizations that focus on foster care and orphans. And um, myself being a former foster kid and orphan, it's something that's near and dear to my heart. And I know the shooting community is extremely passionate about preserving and protecting families and taking care of kids. So it's uh, it's been a perfect fit, um, and we've been doing the Guardian. This is our seventh year of running matches, and it's been an absolute wild ride. And um, yeah, yeah. So that's you know just the sum of it in just two minutes.
0: That was a quick little summary. So the other piece of it is Guardian, which. I've heard your story and I love your story. So feel free to tell it. But what inspired you to start Guardian? What exactly is Guardian?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So what inspired me to um, start the Guardian honestly was eight years ago, I got my, um so, so to even back up beyond that, I was a, a foster kid, one of six kids um, from six different dads and um, growing up in a very dysfunctional inner city home with um, an alcoholic um, uh, mom who uh, there was a lot of neglect and abuse that was happening. And eventually we had gotten, uh, me and my three other siblings had gotten taken away by the state and at the time we lived in Michigan, uh, by the state of Michigan and placed into foster care. When this happened, I was 12 years old. And if any of your listeners out there uh, have ever raised kids there are no fun twelve and thirteen year olds. They all suck, and kids that come from dysfunctional backgrounds or even you know more, they come with even a little bit more stuff. So from the age of twelve all the way through high school, I was in and out of different foster homes, and I was um, there was just a lot of dysfunction and and trying to find that forever family was something that had always been missing. And I actually my senior year of high school, I enlisted into uh, did delayed entry program into the Army and plan on going into the Army and and being like, you know, super, you know, super awesome commando guy. And what was interesting was the foster home that I was in at the time, um, my relationship with the foster mom had deteriorated to the point where I didn't um, want to even stay there. Um, I was sleeping on friends' couches and, and, you know, sleeping on other friends' houses. And my caseworker at the time gentleman who was just 11 years older than me, he was, he was 28, said, hey, Gary, I'm not doing my job. If I allow you to just um, live anywhere as your caseworker, I got to at least make sure you have a place to stay until you leave for basic training. And um, he tried to find people to take me in from co-workers or not co-workers, but classmates to friends. And uh, no one was you know, able to raise their hand or willing to raise their hand. So he talked with his wife and um, they decided to adopt me and um, uh, they took me in and what was interesting is it started out uh, initially with them just going to keep me for a few weeks until I was going to leave for basic training. A few weeks turned into a few more weeks, turned into a few more and eventually they realized that all of their plans to get rid of me were falling through. And, um, it was their, um, moment where they said, you know, when you're trying to make really awesome plans and it keeps falling through generally, that's God trying to tell you that your plans aren't his plan. And they they came to the realization that they needed to adopt this knuckleheaded 17 year old. And they asked me to be a part of their family. So that was the beginning of the turnaround in, in my, my life from being a foster kid to having a forever home. But the thing that um, we use as a galvanizing force around the guardian is what we call the key story. And that was my senior year of high school um, when I you know, finally landed with, with my parents. Um, one of the first things they did besides get me some clothes, because everything I had arrived with was honestly in a shopping bag. And if you've ever seen the movie, um, I think it's called Instant Family with Mark Wahlberg, where him and his wife take in foster kids and all that. Highly recommend that movie because it really shows the, the sense of um, the lack of permanence that foster kids deal with, and the fact that everything that I owned was fitting in a single trash bag that I tossed over my shoulder. One well, of the first things they did was take me shopping. Um, and the second thing that my mom did was to give me a house key so that I can get in and out of the house when I um, came home for baseball practice or ROTC drill practice or whatever it was. Um, So I would come home after school, let myself in, and they would generally still be working. So I would then take the key and place it on the kitchen table. And when they would get home, I'd say, hey, thanks for letting me in. Um, I made myself a snack and some juice. And um, I did that a few times and eventually my mom got pretty upset and said, why are you forgetting your key? Every day you forget your key. And I said, well, I'm done using it and I'm giving it back to you. And she said to me, Gary, this is your key, your home, it's yours. And that was something I had never had. I have never been given a house key. I was always a temporary resident. And that house key was, for me, um, the first time I had ever been home. And I wanna give that to other kids. There are so many other children out there that need house kids And that's what the core of The Guardian is all about is through a creative ministry, something we all enjoy, which is the freedom to go out and shoot, have a good time. The passion that surrounds that is also the same passion um, that you know, people all around the country can rally behind and say, I could support The Guardian. Um, And the fact that we give all of the proceeds to organizations to help them give keys to other kids is just an awesome blessing. Um, uh, So that's just a little bit of the background on the origin of the Guardian. If you ever come to a Guardian match, you look at the top three trophies or any of the trophies that we give away, they all look like house keys. And the reason why they're shaped like house keys is obviously the story, but I want the shooters to all recognize that the guardian is all about, um, it's not about you and how awesome you are. And it's about being a part of something bigger and blessing other people. these kids you'll never meet, most of them, um, but their homes are being opened, and you're, you know, through your donations, through your investment, through just people volunteering and get involved in the board um you're truly doing god's work in a creative way
0: i love that it combines doing such good work and something that i love which is long-range shooting and i've always loved ever since i heard about the concept of guardian i just loved it and
1: yeah interesting thing about the guardian is the first match that we ever hosted was over in virginia at bank steel um, uh, with dan newberry And Dan's an awesome guy. And many of you guys who have gotten into reloading have probably looked at Dan's uh, optimal charge weight um, uh, methodology for reloading. But Dan allowed us to host the first Guardian match there back in 2014. And what's interesting is we had 60 shooters come from, I think, 14, 15 different states. But that first match that we hosted was the first long-range match I had ever even been to. And it was me looking at on YouTube, looking at videos, putting together a course of fire, and never having done any of this before. And it's not a testament to like how awesome I am. It's truly a testament to God's hand being placed on this ministry from day one, because I have no idea what the hell I'm doing any of the time. And I own that. And I just um, whatever direction the, the guardian takes in the future, I'm just receptive to because this isn't about me. This is uh, about you know, something bigger.
0: It's funny. Uh, actually, at church Sunday, we were talking, and someone much smarter than me said, You know, it, talking to a group of us said, Don't ever be afraid to do something that's hard or seems like you can't achieve it because that's when you know God did it, not you. Yep.
1: Yeah, like
0: I. If I, you just do the easy things, then you'll never prove what God can do. But if you do the things that you think there's no way I can do that, then it's definitely a God thing.
1: It is. It is. It truly is. And He's brought people, sponsors, donors, volunteers, all of this stuff. It's grown beyond measure. It's truly a story of fishes and loaves, where I thought the Guardian was just going to be a one-time event um, to raise money, and before you know it, we're over there in Ireland doing a match on a continent that I've never even been to, the people I could barely understand, but they're committed to the mission. And it's it's just been wild to be a part of this ride. I'm just honored to, to be a part of it as well.
2: I'm going next time you do one in Ireland.
1: Yeah, so once COVID, you know, and all of this craziness chills out, I'm, you know, I know that my friends over at MDT, they've been, you know, hitting on me to bring one up to British Columbia, uh, do one up in Canada. So, you know, that's an option. We've also got a lot of friends uh in South Africa and Australia that, that want us to bring a guardian there. I'm like, man, we gotta we we you know we gotta wipe out this damn COVID stuff so I can bring something down under. Yeah.
2: And that's funny. That's literally pretty much exactly what uh Caleb just said. That he was planning on traveling to Ireland and he hopes COVID knocks it off and he could go see his clan castle.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, if any of your listeners are are international shooters, I'd love to offer them uh, a free registration to a Guardian match. Just have them email um, info at guardianlongrange.com. And any of those guys that are across the pond or on the other side of the world and want to shoot a Guardian match, just email me. If you can get here, uh, we'll find a way to either provide you with all the stuff you need to shoot and we'll just make sure you come and have a good time because the hard part's getting here. That's the expensive mm-hmm. part. Um, and you know, sometimes dealing with uh um, you know, the international rules on, on firearms can be difficult. So if you can't bring your stuff, let me know because we have plenty of generous Americans who would love to let you play with their toys and, and shoot with them. So any of you guys that are foreign, please reach out and let us know how we can get you guys up to a guardian that's here at State
2: that is an awesome offer.
1: Yeah. We're gonna have a lot of like rednecks doing like fake British accents now, you know, pretending <laughs> I'm I'm Sir, I'm Sir Charles from you know, we'll, we'll have some of that. And it's like, dude, you got you got red man stuffed in your cheek. I know you're not from England.
2: Sir, so you're driving you're driving an F-250 with Georgia plates. We know right? that's not a rental, yeah. it's a 1992.
1: Yeah. If Jacob Petty is listening, that's you. That's totally some Jacob Petty to do.
0: Chad Heckler said Guardian 2017 at MTC was his first match ever.
2: So you're you the one that started this.
0: I, You know what, Chad?
1: Um, I remember that match. I remember you. And we were just talking about you the other day because we said Chad Heckler's first match was a Guardian match. And now he's a top-level national shooter trying to mm-hmm. compete for the Armageddon Cup. And um, you know, as awesome as Chad has become on the international national stage, his roots were always Guardian, and his heart's always Guardian. We need to we need to see more of you and your your big smile. Chad.
2: That is awesome. You guys started a legend there.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, we probably ruined as many as we started. <laughs> <laughs> but that's but that's honestly one of the things that is a core tenet of the Guardian is the um, barrier to entry is very low. And what I mean by that is we want new shooters to feel comfortable coming to the Guardian and not feeling like they need all the Gucci gear and they need to be able to shoot sub-quarter minute at 900 yards. We want them to come and come and bring your stuff and just come and shoot. And what you're going to realize is that generally speaking, What you have is enough, and it's enough to go out and have a good time and get started. And it's like, oh, I'm definitely going to need to upgrade this or that. But what's more important than where you place is the impact that you're going to make when you come to a Guardian and the fact that you're going to make friends that um, you'll have for the rest of your life. And that's something that um, I'm absolutely committed to with the Guardian is I. I have yet in seven years have yet to see one of our shooters um, throw any of their gear. And the reason why I mentioned that is because we're, we're so very intentional about making sure that people have a good time. And yeah, you, you, you totally tank the stage and you got a zero, but it's for the kids, you know, and that's the mindset. And, um, you know, we've, we've seen some really amazing national lever shooters come to our matches and, their focus is either, you know, part of it's tuning up for like a national level qualifier or they're focused on, Hey, this isn't about me. I'm sitting here and I want to help a brand new shooter uh, get better. So please put me, I've had so many shooters say, please put me in the squad with the least amount of experienced people. So I can just help like that's pretty freaking awesome.
0: That's me, too, but only because I don't want to look bad next to the really good (laughs) shit. Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, we can, what we'll do is like, you know, we just overlay like, hit, hit, on all of like your video replays. It was like dead center, dead center. You want to know how
0: to tell if I had a good match or a bad match?
1: How? How is that?
0: If I post videos after the match, it was a good match. If it's just still pictures. Yeah. Yeah, just I, I do I the same exact thing. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh yeah, well, yeah, I I have enough uh, editing software where I can overlay some things and some you know impact sounds. Where For real, like Dude, Gary just cleaned that stage. And it was like, Dude, I took I took a one on that.
2: So. so make I think next match I'm just gonna go. I'm gonna stand and record. At- and then overlay that sound to me and yeah, then this way they'll 100%. impact a lot
1: yes yeah. So, yeah get chad get, just follow chad heckler and it'll just you'll get enough variation of impact that you can like you know do like the uh sitcoms where they overlay the last track we'll call this the heckler uh impact track
2: <laughs> <laughs> that's a genius idea yeah Last, last time we spoke um, at SHOT Show like 15 years ago, it feels like uh, you're really excited to start growing the team match segment after this legendary first GTI match you guys had. Um, how's that been growing? And uh, what do you think the future holds for this segment of The Guardian?
1: Yeah, so that's a great question. So the team matches, I believe, are the are the future of where the most runway exists in precision shooting. And what I mean by that is people generally what we see is they start out at at club matches, then they work up to like national level matches, and then they eventually get tired of all of that. And then they want to try something different. And that's generally where you get into the team and field matches. And the amount of diversity of course of fire, stage design, problem solving, um, all of those things are like, it's an ocean of opportunity within the team formats. Uh, We're seeing that with the NRL Hunter, we're seeing that with Competition Dynamics, with the Mammoth, people are flocking to them. The challenge with team matches is generally, those aren't um, really easy for new shooters to get into, because not only is it a physical component that you're trying to manage, but you're also finding, ranging, and engaging all the targets, which are additional skill sets in addition to the basic stuff that you started out with to begin with. So I truly believe that, um, the team format is, um, when, when, when I hear shooters talk about their frustration with, you know, whatever rifle, you know, matches they go to, what I generally find them saying is I'm just going to start shooting team matches. So that is where, you know, people are like, you know it eliminates a lot of the gaming um because you can't game a stage if you have no idea where the targets are, what the distances are. It's it, it incorporates all of that. Um, but it also reduces the audience generally because it incorporates more physical components. And uh, with that, your you know your demographic of attracting a lot of younger shooters and older shooters, those get squeezed out. So I mention all of that because I absolutely love team matches. I am a huge fan of team matches, but I can tell you that doing team matches is probably seven to 10 times more difficult than putting on an individual. Especially once you start incorporating, you know, pistols and movements and rocking and trying to time all of that out. It's so much more difficult and it requires so much, more resources and volunteer. Um, I'd love to have more team matches. Um, The challenge is, as many of us have have seen in the workplace right now, is we're in a period right now where we call the great resignation. We're in a corporate workspace. We have people resigning all over the place and going other places. Um, The reason why they're resigning is, you know, they want more money or they're not happy here. And companies can't find talent. They can't hire people faster. Well, now imagine how hard it is to try to find volunteers. You can't find people that you're going to pay. are you going to find people to volunteer? So, you know, when you, instead of needing 10 volunteers for a match at, um, you know, Michigan, now all of a sudden I need 30 to 70 to help me run a match at GTI. Whew, it's tough. It is tough. So, um, as much as I'd love to expand the amount of team matches we do, the amount of resources and planning and effort that it takes, um, it's gonna it's gonna uh, take us some time to be able to add more things to the schedule instead of reducing and 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 um, you know focusing more on what we call our traditional um, individual matches, which are the day one you shoot as an individual and then day two you shoot as a true Um, uh, pro-am team, which is the top shooter from Saturday. It's paired up with the bottom shooter on Saturday. Now you shoot as a two-man team, second top, second bottom. And and that format is absolutely everybody's favorite because the guys who crushed it on Saturday, they get to help a newer shooter. And the people who didn't do well, they get paired up with a really good guy like a Chad Heckler or Corey Saxma or a Josh Lemon they get paired up with these people and they're focused on like learning and you know being a part of that. So I know I talked about a lot of different things, but super passionate about the team match. I really wanna do more of those, but there's some um, organizational things that the Guardian needs to be able to do right because more is not always better, mm-hmm. right? Um, and that's one of the things that will most likely be changing for 2022 is instead of adding matches, we're actually going to most likely be reducing the amount of matches so that we can do those matches better. Instead of straining the volunteers, straining our donors um, with more, we're going to ask them actually
0: Y'all have a lot of juniors that shoot your individual matches?
1: Not as many as we'd like. Um, On average, we probably get uh, three to to five. um, junior shooters, I'd love to get more. Um, you know, we, we sponsor a youth shooter for every match and, you know, we have youth fill out an application just to tell us why you should get sponsored for the match. And that youth gets a custom guardian rifle, they get ammo, they get all of the Gucci stuff. And we basically will pair them up with a really good mentor for the day. They get a train up, um, mm-hmm. we want them to have a freaking awesome experience. Um, We try to incentivize all of the youth to participate by giving them $100 in raffle tickets, just for signing up. Um, And $100 in raffle tickets doesn't sound like a lot, but those are $5 each, so that's 20 tickets. um, On a prize table, it's generally loaded up pretty good. That's awesome.
0: It's really really awesome. One of your uh, adopted Children from you know that guardian helped find a forever home. Oh my god, To shoot the match in that sponsor slot! Like, I don't think anybody'd be able to shoot this. I know,
1: (laughs) (laughs) like, right? Like, the thought of that is like, right? Because, I mean, we have um, several guardians who through this ministry are now getting connected into the adoption process and the foster care process. Um, you know, Britney McMillan, who's been involved with Guardians for the last, you know, several years, has recently adopted a newborn and went through that whole journey and that process and seeing her go through the trials and tribulations of trying to be a um a mom to this girl and little baby in need was an absolute testimony of what it means to be a guardian. So, I would love nothing more than for us to have, like, our first kid who is adopted and connected through the Guardian to come and shoot a match. That would just be like, like, you know, the movie, The Blind Side, like, go, like, that's trash. Watch this freaking Guardian, like, video of this kid, you know, that, that would be awesome. That would be awesome.
0: So how much money has Guardian how much money has Guardian raised so far and where does that money go?
1: Yeah. So the Guardian has raised over a million dollars and all of the money outside of our expenses to like, you know, run matches, um, all of that money goes to help organizations either that are foster care or adoption organizations. They might be Um, residential facilities for kids who have no other place to go than to stay in a residential home. That money, you know, and what we've started doing last year is every match, we select a nonprofit organization in that region where we hosted that match. And we select that nonprofit based on a set of criteria, and they get anywhere from 10. Last year, it was 10. This year, it's 15. $15,000 $15,000 check just for showing up. And the only criteria that we ask of these nonprofits is, they can't be anti-Second Amendment. Um, they um, need to be able to be in good financial standing as a nonprofit. And they have to just tell us, what are you gonna do with this $15,000? That's you know the basic requirement. And we've recently asked the nonprofits to also uh, we'd love to have five to 10 volunteers come and participate in the match as scorekeepers or helping with registration because we want that organization to live and feel what it means to serve within the Guardian. So, um, you know, like in at Altus, which we'll have a match in, in a couple weeks, um, the organization there is Agape and they received, um, they were our recipient last year and we've selected them again this year They are a Christian-based organization that focuses on adoption and foster care. And this year, when they come and talk to the shooters, one of the questions I'm going to ask them is, what did you do with the money we gave you last year? And how did that impact um, your ministry? And they're going to talk to the shooters. And not many organizations that anybody donates to, do they actually get to feel and interact with the recipients and know where their money went to. Um, so that's you know we have a whole variety is um, a whole variety of different uh, organizations but um, they don't have to be faith-based it helps and honestly most nonprofits are because there's just a servant um, heart that comes with with being faith-based but um, as long as they're out helping kids and creating stories like mine and like Brittany's where we're creating opportunities to love on kids who are, desperately in need of of families. I'm all about it, you know? And for our donors, you know, um, the the cool thing about us being a nonprofit is any of the organizations out there that are listening to this or any of you guys that are sponsored by donors that wanna get involved, we're a nonprofit. So anything that you donate is completely tax write-off. So from certificates to product to anything else, they get to write it off. So it's it's a tax write-off, it looks good, Uh, From a PR perspective, it is doing good and it's helping promote and grow your business because, you know, over 50% of our shooters have shot in five or less matches. So it's a phenomenal audience to get new shooters involved in your products and services.
0: I really think new shooters are where the market is. I mean, the market's not with the top shooters. They already know what they want to Mm -hmm. shoot and they're going to shoot that and they probably already have it. Really, the market is with the newer shooters. Um, yep. You know, matches like Gap, Grind, or Guardian that have a lot of new shooters that are still kind of feeling around trying to find their gear. That's the ones that companies really need to focus their attention on. I
1: agree. I agree. The big, the big, flashy national level shooters. Um, you know, they're awesome and they do great work. Uh, you know, in terms of their shooting, but in terms of winning and uh, winning mind share of individuals, you know, I'm already sponsored by such and such. If I pick X, Y, and Z up from the prize table, I'm not going to run that. I'm going to actually end up just selling it on gunbroker or snipers. Huh? And what we find is that because um, we don't give any of our donations away based on how shooters shoot. All of our donations are given away based on your raffle tickets. So, If you want some really cool stuff, you need to lean in and and invest and buy some raffle tickets. And what you'll find is you're going to walk away with some really cool stuff. And we have yet to have an issue with shooters um, in mass selling any of the stuff because they had to to lean in and, and get it. And most of the shooters who are spending the most money are the ones who desperately need it the most.
2: Yep. Yeah, and that that's like the, you know, there's two ends of the prize table. You know, you 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 got your guys that are walking in there first and they're getting stuff to fund their, you know, 37th. Measure. But then, you know, I'm a fairly new shooter um in the precision end of things. And you know, if you look behind me, it's like you know, that came off of a prize table and it's there on my rifle. That came off of a prize table, it's there on my rifle. Those uh, there we go. Those ammo cans, they were full of awesome Warren stuff, the prize table, and now they're all used. And that one got broken by Kenny Lynn, but there's 400 pounds of Hornady stickers on it that fixed it. And, um, you know, that's kind of, I started out with very little and, uh, you know, shot decent enough to, to get some stuff to, you know, get rid of my pod and upgrade to a Warren and, you know, mount my scope on the gun and all that stuff. So it was really cool. Um, so we, we talked kind of about, you know, what you look for in a, in a charity and, you know, what, what they got to do. Um, but like, let's say I happen to know of a charity or something like that, um, that, that may be, you know, m- may qualify and may benefit from the, the, what should we, what should we do if we know of a charity?
1: Yeah. So the first thing is, um, I would have them go onto our website. Just go to guardianlongrange.com or guardianlongrange.org. Um, right on there, there's there's a you know, right on the, the website, they can actually see where there's an application tab. There's a youth sponsorship, there's a volunteer commitment, and there's a nonprofit scholarship. And they could click on that, read the form, and fill out the application for that scholarship. And unlike trying to get a scholarship for college or a college application, there's just like four or five questions on them. Um, the ones that I just talked about. And it's pretty straightforward. Um, what we found is that when we reach out, when I email or some of our volunteers reach out to organizations, many of them don't believe that there's no, um, there's no catch. They're saying like, okay, so is this a trick? Like, is this like, oh, I'm a prince from Uganda and I've lost my credit card and I need it's like, no, it's like nothing like that. It's, it's like, we're just trying to give away money to organizations and we want them to do God's work and they're already doing it. So $15,000 to a nonprofit is a huge deal. And mm-hmm. just go out and fill out the application or shoot us an email. If you have questions or thoughts or concerns, shoot us an email and, and we'll get back to you. Info at Guardian Longer.
2: That is awesome. So we'll hit some lives real quick. Um, for ask for the match schedules, Tim, I posted that in the comments, of just a link to that. Um, but to go over it real quick, Florida is coming up real soon and all, September 4th and 5th. Virginia, October 9th and 10th. Uh, South Carolina, GTI, so right here in our backyard, November 6th and 7th. And Texas is the 4th and 5th. Um, we also had another live question, um, and we kind of touched on this a little bit before, um, how much preparation and time to set up a Guardian match? And I guess now that we know that there's a huge difference in between an individual match and a team match, you know, how much does it yeah. take to set up each and what's different about the two?
1: Yeah, no, that's a great question. Because I, I think that um, in, until people get involved in volunteering, like, you know, it's one thing to be an RO and to volunteer as an RO, but there's another thing to be involved in the backend planning of a match um, you don't really appreciate these things. And talking with Travis Ishida um, when I was over at um, the, um, the Comp Expo over there in the Cameo. Oh, you got to site, go to like, Comp Expo? Dude, that, like, that facility, that venue is on the freaking Guardian shortness. I just got to figure out how to make it happen and not get divorced. <laughs> That's the goal. But okay. it's, it's like, wow. So, But the the Travis Ishida, what's what's interesting is 95% of the work that we do as match directors and trying to run these things, 95% of it, shooters never even see, You never even know it until something goes wrong, right? Until target goes down and we didn't have backups or we gotten, you know, you get into a prone position. It's like, I can't see the target because there's bushes in the way because they weren't proof and and things like that. So to answer the question, um, it varies and it varies based on the venue. For example, going to frontline defense with Paul Smith, Paul has like his stuff like a Swiss plot. He's got all of the ROs. He has all of the targets. He has all of the berms. He has all of this stuff. And he says, all right, Gary, you're coming in April. Here's what I'm going to do. Here's how many, how many people do you need or how many people are shooting. They'll go, okay, we're going to do 12 squads this. We're going to do that. And the Guardian just rolls up, like sets up, and rolls home and goes home. Like, that's his, Paul makes it as easy as possible. Paul the is other awesome. Spectrum, yeah, Paul is awesome. He's super passionate, and he is a stickler for, like, perfection. And that's what makes his matches run so well. Um, and he will always be, like, like, a. he is such a guardian. If, if you ever get to know Paul, you'll know that guardian is more than just a match for him. It's very personal. Um, but on the other end of that, in terms of planning, you have a match like GTI, where that venue, that venue is a nuclear facility, right? A decommissioned nuclear facility. So it's not a full-time shooting match, which means they don't have targets set out all the time. And they can't because they have like special operations teams doing night vision, night jumps into the landing strips and running around and doing something. They they can't have you know tee post hangers impaling guys when they're you know doing halo jumps on, on the you know the X's. So um, so we have to provide all of the targets. We have to set it all up. We have to proof it. We have to provide all the volunteers. We have to do all of that in arguably the most difficult venue in the country to run a matchup. But it's also one of the coolest ones to run a matchup. So that one takes hundreds of hours of planning versus. Paul Smith, it's like, I call Paul, I give him a date and I just show up, right? So we have a gamut of things like that. But one of the things that's universal to all of the Guardian matches to answer this individual's question is we wanna make sure that the new shooter walks away with some hits and they feel good. We also wanna make sure that Chad Heckler doesn't clean our match and he doesn't feel like it was a meatball match. And what's interesting, is, you know, people are like, oh, Guardian, it's just club level. I need to shoot national, I need blah, 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 right? And it's like, okay, so what's interesting is I've been looking at some of the scores posted on practice Score, um and what's interesting is the average hit rate for a Guardian match, even if you were to take, like, the top shooters who are all national-level shooters on a Guardian match, it's no meatball match. Like, we have yet in seven years, which is over, I think, close to 40 matches, to have anybody clean a match. Clean a match. And I offered it. I said, the first person to clean one of the Guardian matches gets a lifetime membership, and, and they can come to every match for free. And we have yet to do it.
2: That's quite the wager there.
1: I'll put it out there. I mean, you know... Chad, you I think hear, he's talking to you. Chad, I am talking to you, man. Forget the Armageddon Cup, and come and, and shoot this next Guardian. No, no. Go shoot the Armageddon Cup and, and win some But um, and but, but in all seriousness, it's... Yeah, no, I'm, I'm and being honest. It's it's not a, um, you know, uh, w- many of the stages that we do we're intentional about. Is this something where a new shooter can get five hits? Yes. Is it something where an experienced hitter um, will get seven to eight out of 10? Uh, some guys might get nine. A couple guys might clean it. Okay, that's fine. But what you'll look at is throughout the, at the end of the day, body matches are not easy. And, but they're also not unapproachable where new shooters aren't going to walk away with a good experience. And part of that is that Sunday event where you're paired up, where a guy who's a bum like me would get paired up with, you know, a Garrison crack. And Garrison is going to let me use his gear and his rifle and show me how to get behind it. And, you know, we've, we've also been intentional last couple of years about doing train ups before the match. And so we offer four the five hour train-ups uh, for $50. And they're not done by me. They're generally done by Cowboys Tactical. That's Garrison Pratt and Josh Lemon, who are national level, like absolute hammers behind the gun. But more importantly, they know how to teach. So you got guys like that, and then you got guys like what we're doing in Texas is we're partnering with you know, the Sniper Association and, and modern day sniper. In the in in the gathering is we got Phil Vallejo and Frank Galley doing the train up in Texas, nice. and like for fifty bucks to get five hours of instruction with Frank Galley, Phil Vallejo, and you know you got Christopher Roberts with CR two, um, and then we have Paul Phillips who does ELR and Jennifer. I know that you you know you probably know um, uh, um, uh, Paul yeah. Paul Phillips, yeah. um, but we're providing all of that training to shooters for 50 bucks. Like all of them go like, Shoot, get I need better, that. make more hits. Right.
2: So Chad has accepted the challenge and said that he will still pay if he does win.
1: Awesome. That would be awesome. I would love, and you know what we're going to do is if Chad's on his last stage, we're going to like, uh, we're going to no call like a couple of those. Right. We'll like, <laughs> You know, like the Detroit Tiger, Chad will appreciate this. The Detroit Tiger pitcher, and I can't remember his name. Somebody in the chat will say it. Who had a perfect game into the ninth inning, two outs, uh, ground ball gets hit into the infield. They throw it to first, close play. The umpire calls the guy safe. He loses the perfect game and the no hitter, and it was a horrible call. It cost, and that call at the time couldn't be reversed. It cost this guy a perfect game and a no hitter. And that umpire, when he saw that replay, he was like beside himself, heartbroken. Uh, But I won't be when I, you know, miss a call from dad having a perfect (laughs) time.
2: We'll have to get the uh, uh, Shooting USA crew out there with their super hyper zoom telescope. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. No, it would, it would, I would, I I challenge, um, you know, national level shooters to tell me that they aren't challenged as a guardian, but also more importantly than being challenged is do you have a good time? Mm-hmm. Because I, I, the whole reason I think everybody that's listening that's got into shooting is because they want to have fun. Mm-hmm. Like they didn't want to be stressed. And I've always said, if you're getting stressed, you should be getting paid. Because, you know, Jennifer and I were talking before we started reporting, like her working in, you know, the medical field, it's very stressful. Me working in my job, very stressful. And I wouldn't show up if they stopped paying me. It's a job. And if you're getting stressed when you're shooting, man, you, that's that's not what why I got into it. I want to go and have fun. And I want other shooters to have fun. And we get to help some kids and do some cool stuff.
0: I'm trying to remember, and I was trying to scroll back and see, but there's too many posts didn't one time I think it was maybe two years ago two and a half years ago I don't know time is going by I'm getting older and now I'm like yeah you know like you know last week and my kids are like that was eight years ago mom but um so my concept of time is gone but didn't something happen at I think it was at frontline where you were surprised yeah that was at Woody's
1: when um, and that was uh, probably four years ago. Uh, come on, mom. It's See, I'm ago. old. Yeah. I can't yeah. tell time. Um, <laughs> but I, I actually um, was, we were up wrapping up the match at Woody's and, and um, I'm getting ready to start doing raffles. And lo and behold, um, the shooters come and present me with a custom rifle that they had worked with all of the Guardian sponsors to do a custom build for me. I'm a lefty. And I've always been using right-handed bolt action, like factory Remington I mean, 700. And several of the Guardian shooters worked with our sponsors and got a custom left-handed rifle built for me. And I it was like, I'm like crying, you know, because it's like, oh my gosh, I'm I'm not worthy. Um, but then the second thing that they hit me with, and I was so not ready for, this was, was the- in the back of the room walks my mom and my dad and my wife. And it was just like too much. And it's like making me tear up now because it was like the first Guardian match that somebody had actually convinced my wife to come to. And she's like, oh, I don't want to be around it. It's not too loud. And they don't have a spa. I'll like, get nails checked. So the fact that they were able to convince my wife to come to this match, and then they flew in my parents at the time from Michigan and surprised me. It was like just so awesome. And... It, as much as that is about me story, it's really not because it's about this community and this ministry of people who truly care about this mission. And it's it's just awesome to be a part of. And I I, I love the people that are part of it. You know, we, we got, you know, um, we all have our share of those people that you see and you're like, oh, I need to avoid them because they're going to talk my ear off for 30 minutes. But This community is just so giving and so amazing. And if you have not shot a guardian, um, my challenge to you is to, if not shoot one, come out and volunteer, or even just come and hang out. And what I promise you is you will hear more laughs, you will see more smiles, um, and you will see more people having a good time than at any other event. That's my commitment to you.
0: That's awesome um I lost my notes now.
1: So hit me up in the fields with that story, Jennifer. Like, <laughs>
0: yeah, for no, I'm sorry. I kind of felt a little bit. Real. I did love that stuff. I remember when it happened, and I remember seeing, and I was like, "Oh my gosh!" Oh, is- I was
1: straight ugly crying like the ugly cry when you just like you know when you whooped your kid and they couldn't breathe.
0: You <laughs> that- had the snow. Oh, dude,
1: I had the. <laughs> <laughs> I had That's that going on as a grown ass man. Yeah. Yeah. But it was, it was, it was just the culmination of the people who gave me that key to be at a match and to be there. It was just like, it was just too much.
0: So if somebody, cause I know everybody after hearing the show has got to want to help. If people want to help, um, I know there's different ways you can volunteer or shoot a match. Um, Tell us kind of some of the different ways, like if you are a shooter, if you're not a shooter and you want to get involved, yeah. like maybe somebody's girlfriend that's watching, or, you know, yeah, how can people help y'all?
1: So there are, no matter what seat you're in, there are ways for you to get involved and be a part of the garden. And the easiest, most direct line is for you to be a shooter. Okay? And that's one way. Another way is for you to actually volunteer at a match. And you say, well, I'm not really a shooter, and it's like, cool. This is the best way for you to learn everything about like running, being a part of a match, and shooting is to come and volunteer. That and is one
2: hundred percent of truth. I what did I? I think I RO'd one match before I even shot my first match, and they stuck me with someone super knowledgeable, and I was a better shooter at my first match because I was, because of what I learned while
1: ROing. Yeah, yeah, you're gonna see a mm-hmm. lot of ways to approach. Shooting and stages and mindset—you're going to see all of that stuff uh, without having to be on the clock. So you're going to get to see people approach a stage and go, "Oh, that—I know that's going to suck." Um, and so, so to volunteer, but even if you don't want to be at a stage, and we need people to help at the registration t- table, we need to help people with the raffles, with picking up food. Um, so that's in-match volunteering. But a, another need, and you're going to see some announcements coming out soon, is. We need uh, board members and we need people to serve on the guardian committee. And we're going to give more specifics about what those roles are. Um, but in, in general, um, the the people who generally are best suited for the guardian generally aren't the best shooters. They're actually the my brother, who's a CPA, and he can help us with our managing of our finances, or your cousin, who's a project manager, who can help us you know, start to organize our events better or somebody that has a background in graphic design and marketing that, you know, so, so there's, there's those formal roles, but we also have the need for, um, organization, um, to say, Hey, we're not, we're not a shooting organization, but we'd love to either do a financial contribution or offer something to the, the guardian, um, community. And, um, you know, I, I would challenge somebody to say, well, I can't do any of those things. And it's like, well, you know, you can always financially donate. Um, my wife just got into the hotel room. Um, we're, we're over here staying in Raleigh and she, she's ready to crash in the bed. And she's like, Gary, can you wrap this up? Um, but, but there are so many ways that you guys can get involved that the answer to, uh, can I get involved in helping fill in the blank area the answer is yes. And um, Shoot us an email at info at guardianlongrange.com or just go on the website and submit a form. And you know we're, we're going to try to uh, do a better in job of in, engaging and reaching out uh, to you guys in the community. That's
0: awesome. Greg, you're muted, I think.
2: Yeah, I'm trying to figure out isn't there like a just donate button someplace on the website? So like, let's assume that like I'm a rich executive and I'm sitting in my condo in Manhattan watching this show, which I'm very much not. And I'm like, ah, you know, I could I could give some money to this. Like Gary just totally moved me and spoke to me. Is, is there like a, a a quick link someplace? Oh, yeah, there is. So right, on, you-
1: right on our website, you can absolutely do that. Um, it's an easy uh, donate button there. Or if, you know, you'd like to actually have us uh you'd actually like to send a check or something like that um you know you can you can do that as well just coordinate with us or some people have even said hey we we wanna um you know uh, like for example Lothar walther uh make some of the best barrels in 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 the country instead of them loading up our prize table of barrels the way that they are invested is they provide dinner for all of our volunteers at every match so if you've been in a match in the last couple of years and you've seen um, us on Friday, Friday night, we're eating with the Lothar guys who are we're feeding all of our volunteers. And that's how they bless us. They come on out and they cook for us. Um, so you don't, you know, you don't need to put stuff on the prize table or do financial contribution to invest, just come and be a part of it. If you have a skill set in a business area like marketing, like project management, um, audit, whatever like reach out to us and say, hey, I'm doing this. If you have some kids that need to do volunteer hours, the Guardian is an awesome, awesome place for your kids that are Eagle Scouts, ROTC, or just your kids that just need to learn about servant leadership. Have them come and be a stage RO and it will change their life. Oh, that would be awesome.
2: And so on the website, I found "click report and then donate now is where you can make those monetary contributions. And, you know, I'm assuming that you would be you know, appreciative for $5 or $50,000, you know, no matter what goes that way. Um, so let's not pretend that I'm an executive in Manhattan anymore. And let's say that I'm a, I'm a I'm a guy in Augusta, Georgia, and the match at GTI is full, and I want to come and help set up an RO and all of that stuff. Is there a form to do that? Just see that info at
1: Yep. There's, there's both ways. One of those is to, you know, to, they can email us, they can fill out the form on the, uh, on the page. Um, we've actually even had people sh- uh, show up unannounced and say, hey, I just heard of this podcast and decided to come. Is it okay for me to come and hang out? Um, it's absolutely fine for you to come and hang out. And actually, if you want to bring your girlfriend or your boyfriend or, you know, bring your kids and make it a family event, That's awesome too, Um, you know, um, so we need tremendous amount of volunteers, you don't have to be a shooter to volunteer, you just have to have a servant heart. just come and be a part of it, and you'll find out that this is really not, as much as we talked about shooting, it's really not about the shooting, it's really about like doing some awesome stuff for people that, you know, desperately need it. And you get that.
0: That's awesome. You know, my uh, niece and nephew were foster kids that my sister adopted. She fostered them and then adopted them. So, yeah, they're grown now, but.
1: Well, an interesting fact um, that I didn't know until a few years ago is that um, if you foster a child and then decide to adopt, all of the financial expenses that are ger- generally a barrier to entry for uh, people saying, I want to adopt, but it costs so much. All of that goes away because that kid that's in the foster care system, all of that state processing and background and all of the, the, the BS that people have to go through, it's already all done. So when you take a kid out of foster care into a home, it it that financial barrier is no longer uh, a factor. So just... Something for your audience to know it's a it's an important fact everybody wants the cute newborn baby that looks like them and their wife um nobody wants the knucklehead eight-year-old who you know whose parents are, are in prison um I, but that, I
0: love my kids but i tell them all the time i'm like man i loved y'all but i didn't even like y'all until you were four
2: <laughs> i knew where that was going well, and,
0: Cause I don't like all the babies you're screaming. I don't know why you can't tell me why you're just pooping and screaming and I'm not sleeping. And I really need my sleep. Like once they hit four, man, I loved it. But until then, I, yeah. I mean, I loved them. I'm not sure I liked them and I've told them all that. They know.
1: Yeah. Well, and we just, you guys probably just saw that post that we just launched my wife and I just launched our last of our four kids off to college and we're empty nesters and um we're trying to, um, you know enjoy our lives it's i think been 27 years we've been parenting and wiping butts and taking care of kids and doing their laundry now i say we but that's mostly been my wife i've just been you know on the sidelines cheering her on but but it's been a long journey and it's it's so rewarding um i don't i don't know if we have the energy to do a, another round of youngsters but this is our, this is my ministry, and this is, you know, something I thank you guys for letting me be a part of, and I hope that this helps reach some new people that want to get involved.
2: I'll say I've, uh, I'm not sure if you caught that, but I definitely volunteered to RO during the course of this show, so I'll, I'll see you at GTI.
1: Awesome, awesome, well definitely. You, you got,
2: a, you got at least one volunteer out of it, so hopefully it paid off.
1: No, thank you, thank you. With GTI, it takes a takes a miracle to pull that match off and have people not breaking arms and legs. Um, and, and we need a lot of our own stuff. Hey, you need an ER nurse? Um, yeah, if we can have an ER nurse on site, um, that would be great. We could have, you were there, were you there our first year when we I had the guy break my... his leg?
0: I was not there during that. I came and saw y'all on Sunday afternoon, but.
1: Okay, yeah. Wasn't there when that happened.
0: Yeah. Hey, the hospital has a helicopter now, so we can come and pick
1: up whoever. Yeah, and GTI has a helicopter pad. So, yeah. That
2: is so convenient. Hopefully, we, so like all of this is cool stuff. Let's plan on not using any of it. 100% true. All right, cool. Just making sure we're all on the same page here.
0: What you got, Grant? All
2: right. Our, uh, our last thing we we're going to talk about.
0: oh i was saying are there any more lives
2: oh uh no we are good we can go ahead and wrap wrap if you'd like
0: all right no more lives so we can wrap it up so we'll start with you greg for shout outs
2: all right um for me i have gsl suppressors some quiety thing there on the end of the 22 shooters and sharpshooters of augusta PDC Custom, the most beautiful rifle chassis known to man. Um, Shooter's World Pac- um, I could still go and buy it at Shooters and Sharpshooters of Augusta. And it's uh, powering my pistols and my rifles. Um, Hunter's HD Gold. I'm blind, but I'm wearing that. And uh, oh, I don't have my fix-it sticks here. Fix-it sticks. They're awesome. You should try them. And if you're going to buy some,
1: holler at me. I got a discount.
0: All right,
1: Gary, what shout-outs you got? <laughs> That's a trick question. Uh, we'll be here all night if I'm gonna list off all of the donors and sponsors that that support the Guardian. Um, but but I can um what I what I would like to do is to give a little bit of recognition to some unique organizations that are um uh, inv- invested in the Guardian beyond um our traditional format. And, That would be um, organizations like Kelby's who have invested in the train-ups for our matches. That's been absolutely critical. Um, I I can't thank them enough for the work that they've um, done. And if you haven't been a part of a Kelby's train-up, you're truly, truly missing out. Uh, Prime Ammunition, they provide all of the ammunition for our youth shooters. Um, Whenever they come to a match, they can shoot prime ammunition. And that's something that uh, Prime is absolutely passionate about is helping um, youth shooters and female shooters get more involved um, in the sport and um, those are the two that come to mind just off the top of my head um, yeah man um, those are the, those are the two that come to my top top of my head but man there are so many um, that are invested in the Guardian I I would be a bad person if I started trying to them more
0: Go to a match and then you can see who all supports it, right? 100%. 100%.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right.
0: And I just want to thank you for coming on and spending like, what, an hour and a half of your time. Um, I know you're out of town. You're not even at home. So thank you for coming and spending this time. And thank you for all the work that you do to help these kids, um, you know, find their forever home. It's just really great work. And so we appreciate everything that you do for the sport and for for all the kids. Awesome. So. Well, thank
1: you guys for allowing me this platform to share this story. Hopefully, uh, we'll we'll start to get some of your fans out on our uh, pages and events and volunteer to be a part of the board or even, uh, you know, come in to just bring some of your moms, you know, famous apple pie and serving the shooters. We've got so many ways for you guys to bless us. But thank you guys. Thank you, Jennifer, Greg. You guys are awesome. I absolutely love them spending time with you, and I'm going to get you back, Jennifer, for making me cry. (laughs) I'm
0: in trouble now. (laughs) All right, with that, we will call, before I get in trouble more, we will call that a wrap for episode 347, and we will see y'all next week.